Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Tuesday the 7th of July. It aims to identify the issues raised in today's global economic data and perhaps say a little about what lies behind them. What I'm trying to do is to be analytically fair and careful rather than excite your prejudices one way or the other. Although we've had a lot of data today, and plenty which fell more than a standard deviation away from where they were expected, surprisingly few of these really need much comment. Yes, Germany's 7.8% month-on-month rise in May's industrial production was disappointing, at least partly because the 0.1% month-on-month fall in production of intermediate goods seems incompatible with an early sustained industrial upturn. But we'd already had a hint of that yesterday, when although Germany's factory orders rose 10.4% on the month, orders for intermediates fell 0.8%, with domestic orders down 0.4%, foreign orders down 1%. Over in France, its widening May trade and current account deficits are slightly disconcerting, suggesting that France's domestic demand, and particularly capital spending apparently, was hit less badly by the lockdowns than its trading partners, which seems unlikely. And in Asia, the fact that AIG's services PMI for June slipped a further 0.1 point to 31.5 was genuinely unexpected, with no sign whatsoever of a rebound or recovery, despite some easings of lockdown starting in May. Rather, we've got continuing and in fact intensifying pressure on payrolls, wages and pricing. Elsewhere in Asia, service sector indicators have been picking up, so it's not at all clear why Australia was getting worse even before the return of lockdown in Melbourne today. Anyway, I want to concentrate not on those, but on the US today, because although it had only two data releases, the JOLTS job openings for May and July's IBD-TIPP Economic Optimism Index, both are worth looking at. The JOLTS job opening survey for May wasn't immediately headline-making. The 5.397 million openings was no more than than expected. And even though they were up 8% month-on-month, they were still down 26.1% year-on-year and still sharply below the levels seen in January and February. But when you look at the other movements in the labour numbers, the picture becomes genuinely surprisingly bright. The number of hires, for example, rose 60% month-on-month to 6.487 million, and that was up 14.1% year-on-year. Meanwhile, the total number of separations fell 58% month-on-month to 4.145 million, and that was down 25% year-on-year. Now, almost exactly half of those separations came from people voluntarily quitting their jobs. That was up 10% month-on-month, and a rising quits rate is usually interpreted as a mark of labour market confidence rather than anything else. Subtracting those voluntary quits from separations total leaves you with the number of involuntary separations, and these fell no less than 74% on the month to 2.078 million, which was almost identical to the level seen in May last year. 
So there are two good things then about the results of this survey. Not only does it suggest a healthy level of labour market rebound already emerging in May, but also, and this is important, those quit and hiring levels strongly suggest that fears that the coronavirus economic coronary will have a hangover of scarring in the labour market, in which discouraged workers simply drop out of the pool, are so far not justified. On the other hand, coronavirus clearly has its second wind in the US, and that came through strongly in the unexpected relapse in the IBD-TIPP Economic Optimism Index for July, which fell 3.4% to its lowest level since September 2016. In particular, the six-month economic outlook dropped 5.1 points to the worst since July 2016, with assessment of federal policies down 5.2 points to the worst since April 2017. Whether this relapse is solely owing to the recurrence of COVID, or whether it reflects a broader concern about the deterioration of the political environment and the continued decline, is genuinely shocking. At the very least, it suggests there is only limited scope for recovery this year to be led by investment spending. Any recovery... I suggest, will have to be led by private consumption once again. Well, that's it for today. Tomorrow is, frankly, deadly quiet. And amongst the few pieces of economic data being released, none, none look likely to set the analytical pulse racing. Still, thank you for listening. And if you've got something out of it, please help spread the word about the bulletin in any way you feel like. If you'd like to know more about cold water economics, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor, on mjtcoldwater at fastmail.com.